Hey, friends, and welcome to episode 41 of It's About Time, a podcast sharing stories and strategies for better work, life, and balance. I'm your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, and today's episode is all about J O Y, joy. Joy is defined as a feeling of great pleasure and happiness, but it's oh so much more than that. And today's guest, Abby Murata, is here to give us the whys, what's, and most importantly, the hows of choosing joy in our lives. Oh yes, experiencing joy, just like everything else in our lives, is a choice. You always have a choice. Couldn't you use just a little more joy in your life? So let me tell you all about Abby Murata. The road from teen mom to VP to nonprofit founder isn't a straight one, but Abby drew from her experiences to help others focus on cultivating joy and finding the light they give from within themselves each and every day. She brings her quick-witted humor, personal challenges, and relentless positivity to every interaction, workshop, and engagement. Abby is a trainer, speaker, and business owner. She's the founder of the nonprofit Kindly, on the board of directors for Compassionate, and is the co-owner of a brick-and-mortar business. Abby is focused on impacting people, creating community, and building a kinder world. She's a former head of sales operations and training for a multi-billion dollar public company and VP of people and culture for a successful startup tech company. In today's conversation with Abby, she reveals how she relies on technology to stay organized while leading a nonprofit, running a small business, staying on top of her consulting work, managing a calendar of speaking engagements, and spending time with her family. Her secret? Keeping things as simple as possible. I can't wait for you to hear more about this. Abby also dives into the importance of making joy a habit in our day-to-day lives, and she explains the key differences between joy and happiness. And finally, Abby shares five simple ways that you can strengthen your ability to choose joy starting today and every day moving forward. As usual, you know you can find all the details for this episode, including links to Abby's favorite apps and tech tools in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 41. That's four, one. In this episode, you'll also hear Abby talk about the five exercises to strengthen your joy joints. No crunches required. You can download a free guide to the five exercises to strengthen your joy joints over in the show notes. And again, you can find those show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 41. Finally, I want to thank you again for tuning in and being a fan. And if you haven't yet, I invite you to click the subscribe button to be notified as soon as new episodes go live. If you like what you hear, I would be so grateful for your review. Your reviews play a huge role in helping others find It's About Time in the search results. 
and you might just get a shout out in a future episode, like this one for Pineapple of My Eye. Pineapple of My Eye was so kind to leave a five-star rating and review for It's About Time. Pineapple of My Eye writes, such amazing advice and inspiration. I'm obsessed with this podcast and won't miss an episode. Thanks for sharing, Anna. Well, pineapple of my eye, first of all, I love your screen name. I have a few pineapples decorating my office, and a good friend actually got me my very own pineapple plant for my birthday. I'm so thrilled that you're feeling inspired by It's About Time. It means the world that you tune in each week, and I'm so grateful to have you as a listener. Thank you so much. And with that, it's about time we get started, so let's get this show on the road. You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. Hey, Abby, and welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing awesome, Anna. How are you? Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you so much for being here. I am, I'm so excited to, you know, share your story with the listeners of It's About Time today. You know, I have to say, like, here's the quick side note is that Abby actually reached out right after I launched It's About Time. And, you know, that was back in December. So I'm so glad that now all of these months later, we're finally connecting so that you guys can just hear all about her, what she does and how she does it. <laughs> So, you know, Abby, I shared with everyone in the intro how you spend your time and, you know, what all you have on your plate, but I would love to hear it straight from you. So can you tell us, you know, how you spend your time these days? Absolutely. So I'm a mom and I'm a wife and I do all of the things that those roles kind of entail and require. <laughs> right. So isn't that enough? No, that's not enough. <laughs> But I'm a consultant. I do a lot of consulting work for a software company. I help them with their culture and their people, training, those types of internal things. I have a nonprofit that I have here locally, and I do a little bit with it virtually now mm -hmm. um, throughout the country with some really neat organizations that I get to partner with. And my husband and I just opened three weeks ago our very own brick-and-mortar retail business. It's an Italian ice franchise out of Florida where we're from. So we are immersed in that at the moment as well. Oh my goodness. So you are a consultant and that's full-time, right? Uh, yeah, for the most yeah. part. Yeah, for the most part. Okay. So consultant, you, you founded and run a nonprofit and you have this brand new brick and mortars business. So trying to do the math of how many hours I think that each one of those would take, that's definitely more than the 168 in a week. So what is what does that time divide look like for you and doing the mom and wife stuff? Um, you know, it's interesting. And I work hard when I started my journey several years ago of what I really wanted 
to be and how I wanted to spend my time and what filled me up. And I had all of these different interests interests is how do you connect them? Yeah. When you're doing one, something else is involved. Mm. And I feel like I've been able to design that a little bit that allows me to feel like I'm doing everything and involving and being around everyone. Our business, our Italian ice business, Jeremiah's is kind of a family business. When we kicked off and opened a few weeks ago, we had all of our children in town and they were all in the store. And while we were there hours and hours, we were together Yeah, and we were doing something really cool. And so I involve them in what I do as much as I possibly can. You know, I've got that business doesn't kick off until mid mid morning or later and obviously goes late into the evening. So my mornings are spent working on my consulting, working with them and customers, uh, writing, doing the things to get my content out there for kindly. And then I kind of switch gears and go into Jeremiah's mode. And then I've been able to find really amazing young people that were training to take on lead roles at Jeremiah's. And it allows me to spend a few hours here and there in the store, focusing on some other things as well. I think it just all ends up working. It may sound like I have a ton of stuff to fill my time, but I always say everything I fill my time with fills me up. So it never feels like too much. You know, I love that. The fact that everything that fills your time fills you up. So And while it's not always sunshine and roses, I'm sure that it feels less like work because you love what you're doing. And, you know, what I'm hearing from you is that even though you have all of these different, I don't know if we think of them as pillars, like your consultant pillar and your nonprofit pillar and your mom and your wife and your Jeremiah's pillar, the fact that they all overlap and they're not living in these independent silos. I love that because you're able to, you know, take advantage of the crossover opportunities and it's, it's almost a way of doing more with less. Does that sound about right? Absolutely. No, it is. It is totally correct. And they do cross over quite more than you would think those very different things cross over. So it's, it's nice. It works out. Yeah, it works out. So now I would love to hear about how exactly it works out. You know, just the fact that you do have so many different and unique things on your plate. You know, can you tell me some of your go-to tools or strategies to make it all work? Absolutely. So technology is a huge part of it, obviously, I think for all of us. So my ability to communicate, the use of social media, uh, I, I talk into my phone all the time. I'm pretty sure people think I just talk to myself, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm constantly creating lists and reminders. And as soon as I think of something, it goes, it goes into my phone. There's a running list. And then I have a reminder on the list mm-hmm. that tells me at the end of the day, Abby, look at the list. And then I can go through and go, okay, I needed to grab this to bring to the store. I needed to send this email or I needed to do this. So I use technology a lot. You know, the other tool, I don't know that it's a tool. It's a tool for me is I've gotten really, really good at asking for help. Oh, yes. (laughs) Probably the most important tool in my toolbox is that I'm not afraid to ask people for help for the things that I know need to be done, but... I'm not considering a priority. 
but maybe they're a priority for someone else. Or if a girlfriend is like, hey, I'm at the store and I know you're busy. Do you want me to grab you something? My first instinct is like, no, no, we'll figure it out. You know? And then I'm like, you know what? No, I need these three things at the grocery store. And I would be highly appreciative if you grab those. (laughs) (laughs) And I will Venmo you the money. Asking for help is a great tool. And then one of my favorite pieces of technology that helps me in communicating in keeping up with some of the personal and business things in the way that I want myself to be presented because I used to handwrite notes all of the time and this become more difficult to me. So I have an app that I use called handwritten mm-hmm. and I create and program. I know everybody's birthday in advance. I know, you know, certain things coming up that I may want to get out there. Thank you notes. And it's a really neat tool. I'm giving out my secret. Everyone thinks that I handwrite them notes, but (laughs) it's an app and you can say, I need these to go out and pick what they look like. And then it gets handwritten, signed by you, your message, your thoughts. They create the card, they mail it out and it's done. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Abby, Okay, I have never heard of this, but that is genius. Yeah, it's pretty. I hope people don't think now. I think it's still personal because it is my words. It's just not me physically trying to remember three days before someone's birthday that I have to go buy a card, write the note, put it in the mail because I can get all of that done. And it's still like a handwritten message from me that's yeah. coming to someone. Okay, that is fabulous. So that's an app called Handwritten. Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. So I'm going to find that and link it up in the show notes so you guys can take a look at a Handwritten to see if it's a good fit for you. I also have to say, Abby, I love the fact that you have a reminder at the end of your day simply to tell you to look at your list. Yes. That is something that I hear from so many people and my time management clients included who are trying to create the habit of capturing things digitally and just building that habit of looking at at their list because it's not always, you know, it's not always second nature. And anytime we're building a new habit, it can take a little while to get that going. But that that's genius to set a reminder just to look at the list. I'm definitely adding that to the show notes and I will be using that moving forward. I used to start with lots of lists and handwritten lists. And I'm, I'm the type of person who has like a notebook by my bedside and a notebook yeah. at my desk and a notebook in the kitchen. And my husband, it's the funniest thing. I used to, my husband used to see me like running through the house right out of the shower uh-huh. And the paper and writing it down. And he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I just had an idea. I just had a thought. I have to get it down. And I'm in the shower. And if I don't write it down, I'll forget it. <laughs> oh my gosh, Abby, I feel you. I, a couple houses ago, I had a dry erase board, like a big dry erase board in the hallway outside of the bathroom. And the second I would get out of the shower, I would run to that dry erase board and scribble all of the shower ideas I had on the dry erase board so I wouldn't lose them. Yes. So now I just keep it in my phone. I'm very rarely without my phone. Good, bad, mm-hmm. or indifferent. So I just add to it. I talk to it. So I don't even have to feel like I have to stop and type. And then Surrey gives me a reminder at the end of the day to look at my list and make sure I'm checking off the things and doing the stuff that I absolutely needed to remember to do by the end of the day. Yeah, that is, that's great. I absolutely love that tip. And so do you just use the reminders app that comes standard in the iPhone or do you use something else? No, I use the standard iPhone. I use notes. And I use the reminder app. 
and it works great for me. Cool. So I'm going to really get into the nitty gritty because this is the stuff that I really enjoy. So you use notes and reminders. Can you tell me a little bit about how you use them differently? Absolutely. So the reminders I really use as just, hey, remind me to do this. It's more of an alarm or a set. Um, Look at something, do something, uh, make a call, or I just use the technology to set the calendar invites. I definitely use my calendar a lot because I have three different email addresses and three different calendars, three different businesses. Mm -hmm. The notes is where I actually organize all of my ideas, my notes, and my list. So I have list notes. I have whenever I have a spark that I want to create a social media post later that day, I have a different note for that and they're running. So I keep all of those notes separate, but organized. Yeah. You know, for me, I'm a big Apple person because of the environment and the fact that I can be doing something on my phone and then three hours later be on my laptop and access the same things Mm -hmm. or on my iPad I also love that I can write in notes and I can attach pictures in notes now Yes, um, and I can send notes. So I miss handwriting. So I love my Apple pen. I write in the notes, it converts it to text and I've got all of that with pictures or drawings that I need. So Mm -hmm. the scanning feature in notes is pretty fantastic too. I use that way more than I realize. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think it, and it's one less thing you have to purchase or you have to buy. So Right. No, that that's so that's so right. And so I love that you keep it to notes and reminders, using reminders for sort of like the one-offs, like I need to to make this appointment or I need to do this thing. But your ideas, whether it's, you know, for social media or something for your nonprofit, those are organized into different notes. That's great. Okay, question. So you have three email addresses and three calendars. What's your go-to app for managing those? And I used, I started looking into all of these different apps and programs from planning your social media calendar to mm-hmm. having like Calendly to put things out to people or just, and then I found out I was managing all of these different apps and trying to keep up with that. Yes. <laughs> it was causing <Yes>. problems. <laughs> so I was kind of overthinking it. Mm-hmm. Um, I use the, the calendar uh, that's native on my phone and all of my calendars obviously feed into there. And the only thing that I've had to get a bit creative creative on is the calendars that I let other people see. So Mm. for example, on my consulting work at that organization, they have the email address I have for them. They can see my calendar, but they can only see the things that are on that calendar. So I have to be really cognizant that they don't just put meetings on because it looks like I'm free, but I'm doing something at Jeremiah's or I have a kindly thing, or I have a speaking event. So I do work to make sure that every, every calendar is copied. So when I create a calendar invite, it copies and sends the invite to the other ones. And that way everything kind of syncs up, but I still just use, I still just use the app, the Apple calendar on my phone. I don't have any special calendar app. That's fantastic. I am 
absolutely an advocate of keeping things as simple as possible because the last thing that you want to do is go from managing all of your information and all the moving pieces in life to managing a whole bunch of apps. I'm I'm actually looking for opportunities to kind of pare back right now because I got like a lot like you, I got a little crazy in the beginning and was looking into all these different apps and programs and did a few free trials. And now I feel like it's not out of control, but I, I want to get back to the basics and keep things simple. So that's really great inspiration, especially to hear that that really works well for you. Yeah. So you mentioned using uh, Siri to remind you at the end of the day to check your list. And like I said, that's a really fantastic way to make that list checking, that staying on top of things a habit. Okay, y'all. So I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard, or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, and all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules, and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you wanna know how to get there? To have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. You know, joy. When I think of you, Abby, I think of joy. And I would love for you to just tell us a little bit about your journey to the work that you do now and how you have begun to help others make joy a habit. Absolutely. That's a long story, Anna. (laughs) I think these, the last several years of my life, I've had to look inward a lot without realizing because we move so fast Mm -hmm. and we have so many goals. And my, you know, my journey truly started 21 some odd years ago when I was uh, still technically a teenager and I got pregnant with my daughter. 
And I had to very quickly make some choices and moves about life. Mm -hmm. And we don't always make the best choices when we're that young because we don't know any better. And a lot of mine were gauged towards, I have to be able to do this on my own. I have to be able to support a family. I have to make money. Um, I have to prove people wrong. Mm -hmm. And so I started on this process of going to work, working hard, the corporate world, climbing the corporate ladder. Mm -hmm. And for all intents and purposes from the outside, you would look in at me prior to 40 years old with a vice president title at a multi-billion dollar public company, making a very nice, comfortable multi-six figure income and think that I had everything in the world and I accomplished everything. And I went home every night feeling like I didn't do anything. Mm. And it was how I was going about success. It was the people I was surrounding myself with. It was the things that I was doing that I realized they didn't bring me joy or I wasn't making choices that felt like I was making joy a habit or I was putting joy first. And so that started me down the path of defining what joy meant to me and what I wanted. And the first thing that I started realizing is that there is a difference between joy and happiness. Okay. So people think I'm a super positive person and I'm happy all the time because of the way that I look at the world, because of the way I handle things. But the truth is I'm not. Mm -hmm. I'm not happy all the time. (laughs) Right. So the difference between happiness and joy for me is that I look at joy as a habit or a value. So think about what your value system is. And that's the way I define joy. Happiness is an emotion. And we feel all kinds of emotions. And our emotions are fully dependent upon circumstances that surround us. We don't always have control. We're going to be happy. We're going to be sad. We're going to experience grief and tragedy and frustration. And we need to... We need to witness and allow all of those emotions because that's mm-hmm. that's who we are as humans. It's how we choose to react and respond to those emotions. It's how we choose to react and respond to the people who invoke those emotions, especially if they're negative. Mm-hmm. That is what my value of joy drives. And that's where joy has become a habit for me. And it allows me to be in a very, very different headspace all the time and be in control of my emotions. Does that make sense? It absolutely does. And I think of so many people who are searching for happiness, who are searching for that always moving finish line to happiness. You know, when I do this, then I'll be happy. When I get here, then I'll be happy. But in reality, what they're really seeking is joy. They're really seeking that that fullness, that fulfillment, and they have the ability to to choose that, to feel that right now. They absolutely do. And joy, joy is a choice. Cho- like choose joy. That's my, it's tattooed on my body. It's my license plate. It's my social media handle <laughs> because it is, it is a choice. And I hear that too. And I talk to people all the time about, you know, just like you said, when I get here, when I have this, or what I hear a lot in when it comes to time is I wish I had time for this. I wish I could do this. And I don't know if you've ever heard the phrase, whatever you're not changing, you're choosing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And this is a hard thing for people to become self-aware and accept because there's so many things that we do in the world and that we do in our lives 
that you'll probably hear people say, I didn't have a choice. I don't have a choice. And the truth is our superpower as humans is the power to choose. If you think about other animals out there, (laughs) they don't choose. They run on instinct. They have to Mm -hmm. eat certain things or do certain things. And what we're choosing is that whatever the consequence of, of making, of not making a change, Mm -hmm. we're not willing to put up with that consequence. Exactly. But we have a choice and we can, we can choose joy. We can choose to do the things that fill us up. We can quit a job. We can make, you know, big moves. There's lots of things we can do. We just have to choose to do them. Right. We have to choose to do them. Abby, you are speaking my language. I I did an episode of It's About Time several weeks ago about being the visionary in your life and how only you can create a vision for the future, decide what you want that vision to look like, and then begin taking those steps. No one else can do that for you, and no one else can make those choices for you. And that you know, you have the ability to decide whether you want to be in the driver's seat or be the victim and it, just accept whatever circumstances come your way. And so whether it's how you're choosing to spend your time or whether you're choosing joy, like, amen, sis, like we have a choice. Yes, we do. So Abby, how can I, you know, how can someone who's listening, who is, you know, hearing your words and is feeling inspired and feeling motivated and really wanting to be intentional about creating more opportunities for joy in their life? You know, how do we get started? How do we get in on this good life? Absolutely. So like any other habit, (laughs) it takes work and it takes competitiveness. And I think that there is this misunderstanding about that joy is more of an emotion. We look to be more joyful or have more joy where, like I said, I define joy a little bit differently and I had to create the habit of it. And it was a lot of work Mm -hmm. and it's a lot of inside work as well. I mean, if you think about your value system and you can, and anyone listening can kind of be thinking, okay, what are my values? Are my values respect and integrity family values, religion. And typically when we go about our day, we do things until we feel like we get to the line. And sometimes we're pushed. The world pushes us to a line, but we don't cross it because a value system is holding us back. Mm-hmm. You need joy to be one of that, a piece of that value system mm-hmm. that you're not crossing certain lines because joy is now a value. It's not something you're searching for. It's not something you get more of. It is a core part of your being. And the ways that I went through this process, and once I kind of got there and went back and looked at it, that's when I created the five exercises to strengthen your joy joints. Because I really looked at coming to this place and having joy as a value and a habit, as I had to do all of these exercises and all of this work over and over and over and over until it became that habit. Mm -hmm became a part of who I was. And it was just my natural way to respond to things. And so that's kind of, that's how I created the habit of joy was through all of these different types of exercises and changes in my life that got it to be super strong. So exercises, do I have to do crunches? (laughs) No. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I'm like anti-exercise, Anna. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, that's why I created these. So I could feel like I was exercising without having to lift weights. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's awesome. And I love how you you call it strengthening your joy joints because it's not arriving at a finish line. You never finish this work. So can you give us sort of a sneak peek of what this might look like? Absolutely. And it does, it does relate. I did kind of relate it to, to physical exercise. Cause it's something I think everybody understands. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that you do is cleanse. That's the first way to strengthen your joy joint. So in a physical change, we cleanse our body. We're flushing toxins out, we're resetting, and we're trying to create a nice, healthy environment to put things back in. And that's the same thing with a cleanse to strengthen your joy joints. And the first exercise and kind of the later exercises are the hardest, hardest ones. Um, And the middle can be a little bit easier. But cleansing means really paying attention to everything you take in. Whether it's the people around you, your digital content, what do I watch on TV? What do I wa- uh, what do I follow and engage with on social media? And you get rid of everything that doesn't fall in line with a value of joy. And some of those things can feel like they're silly, they're mindless, they shouldn't be a problem. But there's a lot of neuroplasticity I won't get into when you really dig into this that's happening in your brains. Things like reality TV. Wow. When we watch videos of people doing dumb things and we laugh at them. We're training ourselves to get a high and joy out of watching the life of someone else be a train wreck or something like that. So mm-hmm. if you can cleanse that out for a week or two. I challenge people to do that. You will feel lighter. You can curate your social media feed that way. Um, and then you'll realize that there's stuff you don't miss and you'll start looking at real life situations a little differently because you're not training your brain that the, what you don't think is real life on TV or social is acceptable behavior. So the first step is cleansing and that can take some time and it can take some work. Mm -hmm. Really taking time and being just intentional about who you follow, what you're taking in. And yeah, I, 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 Every few months, I do a quick survey of who I'm following on Instagram, and we'll just go on an unfollow spree, not out of any kind of, you know, um, malicious intent. I don't know. Just I, I, I just recognize that that person or that brand showing up in my feed no longer serves me in a positive way. Absolutely. And the more that we engage, click on things, like things, even watch videos, even if we don't click on them, the more we're telling algorithms, give me more of this content. Mm -hmm. Very good point. I have a lot of people who ask me all the time, did you see that video? Did you see that meme? And my honest answer is no. No. I didn't. No clue what you're talking about because it doesn't come up on my feeds. Mm -hmm. So the second one is stretch. We have to stretch. And this is about stretching to find the good and typically the people we don't like. (laughs) We all have those people that when their number comes up on our caller ID, we're like, oh my God, I don't want to talk to this person. Yeah. (laughs) Or we've had a manager who bullies us, or we have someone who we have to be around. Mm -hmm. Because I love to say that you could cleanse all the negativity and all the people out of your life, but that's just not reality. And so when we let these people get into our heads, we tend to dwell on the negative. We tend to gossip about them later. We tend to complain to our spouse and relive these things. And so yeah, stretching to find the good in those people is not about us being nice to someone else. Mm-hmm. It's about your ability to let go 
of the negativity this person is putting on you. So if while they're doing whatever negative thing they're doing, you're sitting there and thinking, you know what? You have really nice shoes. <laughs> that's what I mean by stretching to find the good. If the way they dress is the only good thing you can find about them. Yeah. I want you to think about that. And then when they're done, you can even, it has to be authentic. You can't have something that you're just being sarcastic about. But I had this happen to me where I had someone in the corporate world who caused me a lot of pain. And finally, I just stretched to find the good. And it was the way that she dressed. And so she was coming at me with something. And at the end, I said, thank you for sharing. I appreciate the feedback. By the way, when you walked into that meeting yesterday, that outfit, the way you presented yourself, you own the room. And I just wanted to let you know. And I walked away. And then I was in such a better headspace for the rest of the day because I wasn't internalizing what she was saying and I wasn't taking it in because I stretched to find the good in her. Oh my goodness. I, I, this is fantastic. Um, (laughs) I'm absolutely going to use that in the future. That's great. It, it kind of reminds me of what Brene Brown has said about assuming that everyone else is doing the best that they can. And whenever you go into your interactions, assuming that the other person, even if you are aggravated with them and they are someone whose call you would like to decline on when it comes up on your caller ID, if you walk into the interaction, assuming that, you know, they're just doing the best that they can, it really has an ability to change the energy that you bring to the interaction and that it can be such a game changer for your personal positivity and the positivity you bring to interactions. So, no, that's really fantastic. And hey, you know what? If the only thing you can do is celebrate someone's choice in killer shoes, then that works too. Absolutely. <laughs> and it is true. And that's that's empathy at its its finest. And you know, that's what our nonprofit is about is teaching that as a skill is knowing that someone else has a story and how they came to be where they are right then and there and the way that they are and how they're expressing themselves. You need to understand that. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. Um, one of the other ones, and I, I just, again, will kind of throw the last few out there quickly as a, um, like you said, I guess a sneak peek, I typically can do training or coaching or uh, workshops that dive into each one of these for about an hour each, but um, <laughs> I'd love I to have you back excited. on for five consecutive podcast episodes so we can get through each one. <laughs> I, I get so excited about talking about them though, but, um, you know, the last couple of the group workout and that's really, we talked about this earlier. It's one of my tools and it's something that a lot of people are actually find difficult. And that is receiving help and giving help and balancing those two things out. Mm -hmm. But you have to take the time. You have to ask other people for help and you have to get out of your head that asking for help is a weakness or means you can't do something. We all love to help others because we get so much out of that. We feel fulfilled. We feel like we're doing something. We feel joy when we help other people. So why wouldn't we want to give that gift to someone else? Absolutely. When we ask someone for help, that's what we're doing. And so it's really important that we make it a habit of not just giving help, but asking for help every single day. And that can be really hard. Mm. The fourth one is kind of lifting, is called lifting weights. And it's where we really focus on all the little tiny things that annoy you during the day. And how do you just let it go? Just lift it off your shoulder. Because when you can train yourself to let go of all the little things that tend to build up and make us feel like we had a bad day, 
we're training ourselves and we're strengthening our shoulders for the big, heavy things that we have to carry Mm -hmm. because now there's room for the big, heavy things because we've let go of all the little things. Love it. Letting go of the little things. Perfect. And then the last one is just balance, working the balance ball. It's balance between all of these things. It's balance between being on your journey and the journey that other people are being on, forgiving yourself. So that's kind of the, that last exercise is once you get, once you work through all of these other things, however long it takes you, it's then looking at all of that and finding the balance between everything. And then for anyone who does want to explore more, I have a super fun conditioning exercise that I can leave as a surprise for folks. <laughs> Abby, that sounds amazing. Yes, we will definitely link up to that surprise in the show notes. Thank you so much for creating such a gift for the listeners of the episode. Yeah, we will absolutely link up to that in the show notes. So, you know, Abby, as we're winding down our time together, I would love to hear, you know, what's next for you? What's on the horizon? How do you see the next few months to a year going for you? You know, I'm in such a good, solid place right now Mm -hmm. that typically, Anna, I am someone who's constantly like, here's the next thing. Here's that goal. Here's what I'm working towards. And for the first time in a long time, If the next six months to a year is right where I am, just building on it. So getting the word of joy out more, helping as many people as I can so that they can contribute compassion and empathy to themselves and the world around us that needs it so bad. And I can affect our community in a positive way by being a safe comfortable place for families to come and celebrate and eat ice cream together. Yes. (laughs) That really would just, it would be awesome is building on those things because I feel like I'm finally at a point where this is the next step for me. And that next step would be being able to leave all of this in the hands of capable people. And for my husband and I to retire in air quotes and do more things together. (laughs) Yes. You make such a fantastic point, Abby, that life doesn't always have to be about gearing up for the next thing or moving on to the next thing. So, you know, so often we do want to, you know, look to the future and say, okay, next I'm going to do this. Next I'm going to launch this. Next I want this promotion. But it is 1000% okay and just fantastic to be in a season of working the plan after you've made the plan. And it it really sounds like that you and your family, you're in that season of, hey, you're working the plan. You have, you've put in the time, you've put in the effort to, to found the nonprofit and to, you know, build your consulting career to the level that it is. And you've put in the work to open this amazing business during such a unique time. And now you get to, you get to spend some time working those and just in that space. And that's awesome. And I'm so, I'm so happy and filled with joy, Abby, (laughs) that, that that's where you are right now. And I'm so grateful that you gave some of your time to, it's about time today to share about you know, just giving us the difference between happiness and joy and helping us find opportunities to cultivate joy in our day-to-day lives and strengthen those joy joints, no squats or crunches required. 
No, thank you. And I appreciate you giving me the time and the opportunity to chat about this, to get to know you better, and to hopefully do something that allows your audience to take a little bit away that brings them a little bit more joy. We definitely need a lot more joy in the world. We do. We do. So how can anyone listening stay in touch with you or connect after the show? My social media, Instagram is C-H-S-E, joy, but choose joy. Um, And then I'm on Facebook as Abby Murata. And my website is abbymurata.com. And I have a newsletter you can sign up for that literally just sends you fun ways to strengthen those joy joints every few weeks, different exercises that you can do. And I love to, I love to connect with people and, and help people through and understand this. So those are all great ways to find me. Awesome. Thank you so much, Abby. And also you guys can be sure that I have linked up all of Abby's contacts and social media handles in the show notes. So you'll be able to find that there and get in touch with her. All right, Abby, thank you again so much for joining me today. This has been such wonderful time well spent. And yeah, thank you again. And I look forward to staying in touch. Thanks, Anna. Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.